0: Welcome to another episode of the Access Vikings podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, joined by Ben Gessling from Soldier Field, where the Vikings wrapped up what had to have been – actually, I was going to say one of the most uh, lackluster season finales, but this has actually come to be a thing with the Vikings in Chicago.
1: Yeah, it's, well, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's come to be a thing between the last game of the season yeah. between these two teams. So the last game of the season has typically been at U.S. Bank – This one at Soldier Field for the first time. But, yes, the end of the season, one of these teams has nothing to play for. Uh, Matchup is is a tradition we've come to uh, mark the calendar by every year.
0: (laughs) And this one, uh, I think it lived up to the billing. Nathan Peterman threw short of the sticks on fourth down. Yeah. The Bears took a delay a game intentionally on fourth and and – short uh the
1: vikings declined it or fourth and 12 anyway that's right the vikings declined it and
0: they punted anyway even though they they could have kicked a 50-yard field goal but as some press members who cover the bears more often told us no they can't kick a 50-yard field goal so
1: that's why they did that we wondered out loud about why they weren't kicking and the people sitting behind (laughs) us just kind of laughed and said uh that doesn't work here basically (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it's not something they do
0: Um, And I'm sure a a fine young man named Jack Seaborn Was on the cover of the Bears game day um, uh, Whatever you call it Magazine program Thank you um before the game I'm sure he's a nice young man but uh, Kevin Seifert remarked in the press row too he says I've never seen one of these where I don't know the guy on the cover (laughs) yeah yeah so to to crap on the Bears for a second it was it was quite the game and quite the setting and I I also remarked at one point I can't believe how many people still showed up for it
1: yeah it was um the the lead to my story is the first this is the first time the Vikings have played here not on a weekday since 2019 the last two games have been mondays but this Mm. felt like business that typically happens on a weekday it felt very transactional you had two teams that wanted different things let's make a deal it was boring it was (laughs) you know it wasn't terribly well attended it it wasn't the typical spectacle that you'll see on an nfl game and and certainly the one that you'll see next weekend at us bank stadium in the playoffs everybody Mm -hmm. got what they wanted the vikings got out without getting hurt Mm-hmm. They got some work for their offensive line that needed to kind of have some time to gel yep. after all the injuries, and they kept themselves alive for the number two seed, which they did not get, but they did they did their part of the job. The Bears got the number one pick in the draft for the first time since 1947, and they are officially on the clock. So... Uh, what was the name of the guy that they took in 1947? It was something <laughs> – bl- the what Blonde of, Bomber was the
0: nickname. One of our intrepid uh, uh, colleagues, uh, not at the Star Tribune, but looked that up. I can't remember the guy's name either. Um, I don't know
1: what it was, but his nickname was probably like the
0: Blonde Bomber. If you follow Vikings media closely enough, you know which reporter would have looked that up. Uh, he might have tweeted it at <laughs> one point. Oh, there's no doubt. <laughs> um, to that point, yeah, the, the Bears somehow get the, the one's uh, number one pick in exactly – exactly what they wanted because we saw them switch out Nathan Peterman who didn't look so bad to start they switched him out
1: right away for who was it? Tim Boyle laser show Tim Boyle the former uh, Packers backup I think Lions too I think he's made the tour of the NFC North and he
0: almost made an interception or almost threw an interception right away came out gunslinging like Taylor Heineke and um they then it turned into a rotation yeah I didn't care to look at Matt Eberflus's comments after that game to see what was the reasoning behind that, but
1: holy cow, was Might that... Might have had something to do with the fact that Tim Boyle threw his many passes to Vikings defenders as he did <laughs> to his own team. Well, why was Peterman pulled in the first place? Is what uh, I that know. I don't why, know.
0: Why were you putting Tim Boyle in to begin with when Nathan Peterman was already the third quarterback starting for you in this
1: season? Maybe they were um, too worried about it was close, and they wanted to make sure they weren't going to win the game? Exactly. I don't know. Exactly. So just a, rem- that. a remarkable game. And, and I guess you're right. To, to
0: point out what the Vikings could get out of it, they only played the starters in the first half. They bench all those guys in the second half. Kevin O'Connell said, uh, to your question, I heard that he mentioned that, hey, we might have pulled them earlier if the game had gotten to, like, three scores.
1: Which it certainly could have. I mean, yeah. they were up 16 nothing, and that was with a Dalvin Cook fumble. Mm-hmm. That was with – uh, a couple of trips to the red zone, one of which resulted in a field goal after Cousins said, I, I threw to the wrong spot on a zero blitz. He had TJ Hawkinson in a one-on-one matchup on the other side of it. He throws into the side with three guys, and the Bears still had numbers down there to help defend it. And then they he had taken a delay a game before that. Um, and then the last trip down there was the one where they throw short of the six on third down. They ran it a couple times with Cook, blow the timeouts. They had lost the timeout because of a previous review that they were about to take a delay a game. And Cousins was mad that they the yeah. officials didn't reset the play clock when they were um, trying to figure out if Alexander Madison had scored. And the official apparently told them, no, we don't have to do that. So Cousins basically said, well, we got the playoff. E- even uh, I-, I think they t- ended up taking the timeout in case they weren't going to get it off. And I think he said we would have been fine to, to run the play, but – had to burn at any rate, had to burn a timeout yeah, there. Yeah. Only had to come into the last drive. And then as a result of that, had to scramble on the last play to get Greg Joseph and the field goal team on. Team goes in the locker room thinking it's 19 yep. 6. Kevin O'Connell said he found out in the locker room. No, they actually didn't allow it because basically what happened is Matt Eberflew stayed out with the officials. Yep. There was like a four person scrum on the sideline. <laughs> yep. And then the funniest part of it, I think, as you first pointed out, is the official throws a flag to call a 12 man on the field penalty to nobody yeah to nobody <laughs> <laughs> we're sitting there like why is the official throwing the flag but nope. there was nope. in fact a penalty on the play the 12 yep. men the TJ Hawkinson didn't get off in time the field goal doesn't count so you have a couple spots there where touchdowns turn possible touchdowns turn into a one field goal that was made one that didn't count instead of you know it being something like well 27 nothing or something at halftime it's uh Sixteen to six. This game, yeah. On top, nothing. Whatever it would have been. You do the math. On
0: top of it, having everything, it had a field goal that the ref had to come out and say, the direct words, uh, the the ruling of the successful field goal attempt is under further review, which I've never heard in an NFL game before, or any kind of football game, that a field goal needed to be under review, uh, only because they weren't clear if it should have been allowed, and as you mentioned, the twelve men on the field penalty, just w- what what a uh, a bleep show of a game <laughs> yeah it, it was I mean and you
1: kind of knew that coming in I mean it was it was not in my mind a ringing endorsement of what this will look like when we inevitably go to 18 regular season games yeah. and you have more players probably injured at the end of it or more players trying to be kept from being injured and yeah. we have more of these types of business decision. Late in games at the end of the year
0: well and we get more coaches like O'Connell who are wise to hey we don't need to do pedal to the metal Mike Vrabel style yeah every single week we can pull it back where Kendricks is playing less over the last three weeks not just today load um, management and, and then it's uh, all the rage and Z'Darrius Smith doesn't play in this game he was questionable due to a personal matter but Kevin O'Connell says he went to play it anyway it seemed like the knee soreness might have been a convenient excuse to do the same thing with Harrison Smith, but we'll have to see if he's limited in practices moving forward and whether or not that connotes a a real injury that he's dealing with. Um, but they benched two of their veteran guys who Harrison was on an injury report three weeks ago with a neck inch issue. And Zadarius, as we've seen, has been dealing with a knee issue the entire Most of the year, season. yeah. even though they've kind of had him on and off the actual injury report. Often these guys get off the injury report, but that issue still stays with them yep. uh, throughout the year. And so I guess it wasn't a shock to see Zadarius sit, to see Harrison sit. Uh, I don't think Harrison made the, the trip
1: um, today or this weekend. Yeah.
0: Uh, didn't, I didn't see him on the sideline anyway.
1: Yeah, Zadarius flew on his own, uh, did not travel with the team after the, the personal matter that he's had going on the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. So uh, O'Connell did say he expects Zadarius Smith will play in the wild card weekend playoff game yeah. against the Giants.
0: Yeah, and that's a good sign that they'll get presumably those guys back, although he wasn't so sure on Garrett Bradbury, who I talked to last week and Garrett said he intends to practice this upcoming week, but also echoed what O'Connell said today, which was that it's all determined on how his back responds to these practice reps, because he has not practiced since the December 17th car accident that Bradbury also said really set me back. Um, He clarified later last week that it wasn't necessarily the biggest collision in the world, and if my back were healthy, I think I'd be fine now from it, but that because it was already injured, it just set him back so much. And then Ezra Cleveland said today that I had asked him the proposition, like, hey, what's it going to be like if you do get those guys back, Bradbury, Brandle? It could be a whole new line from what we just saw today. And he wasn't so sure about it. He said, yeah, we need to rely on who we have now because we don't know. And, I mean, that's the players themselves have no idea who's going to be there. This is the fourth different lineup in the last seven games they've had to start. Uh, In this lineup here that they played in the first half was the longest that group had been together all season, and that could be what they're starting in the first round of the playoffs against the Giants.
1: Yeah, I think there's a very good chance this will be the lineup. I mean, it's certainly going to be Ole Udo at right tackle. I think it would be wise to assume Garrett Bradbury will not play until proven otherwise. I think they very much, like you said, want to see him get through the practice week before they can kind of guarantee anything. But I I think from what I've heard the whole time here, this is one that they are not entirely optimistic that they'll get him. So, uh, you know, maybe if they win that first game, you could have him going into the second round of the playoffs, and, and that may be a more realistic timetable. But I, I think he's going to have to prove that he's ready. So there's a very good chance this is the group that you go in with. And uh, that's a tough ask with that Giants – group with yeah. Ojolari with Thibodeau with Leonard Williams with uh, Dexter, Dexter Lawrence, Lawrence. Lawrence in the middle yeah. yeah I mean it that's a a tough order and you have Andre Patterson over there who knows a number of these guys fairly well yeah and will have that's some ideas of how to how to scheme against especially a guy like Ole
0: Kevin O'Connell did say I think it was last week that there was a very good chance Blake Brando could come back that Obviously, those dependent on him getting a full week of practice and then seeing – So
1: maybe he starts at right tackle in that case. Maybe that's an
0: option. Um, But, yeah, the the Bradbury one, Bradbury also said that the fear is – I asked him are the playoffs the goal, and he said it is, but I don't want to force myself into thinking that I have to be back for it. And he said that – we just don't want any chance of a setback or making it worse. And so I'm kind of starting back from ground zero. So it sounds like they're really sensitive to potentially making whatever he's got going on in his lower back worse, um, which could affect him obviously. And he's a free agent coming up and that could affect uh, his prospects on many fronts. So, yeah, like you said, it's it's basically probably going to be Chris Reed, and Ezra Cleveland spoke highly of the work they got today um, and how important that is to get that work today, considering that his only, this was his first NFL start at center, and that is probably going to be the Vikings, potentially the Vikings starting center for a playoff game. So. Um, it'll be difficult. Like you mentioned against those guys, but uh, one injury that we're gonna have to monitor all week and will be a big deal because it will be the giants. The Niners knocked off the Cardinals. They were up 38 to 13. I think the last time I saw it, the Seahawks just pulled off a win against the Rams as well to keep their playoff hopes alive. We're obviously recording this before the Packers play the Lions. The Packers can win and get in. The Lions no longer can get in, correct? If not, yeah, the Lions have now been knocked out. So the only way the Seahawks get in is if the Lions pull off and play spoiler against the Packers, even though Detroit has nothing to play for, which is why people were mad at the NFL for scheduling that game. Yes. um, Because this sets
1: up Potentially a situation where the Lions say, crap, we have nothing to play for, let's just roll over. I wonder, I mean, maybe you couldn't have done this. I don't know that NBC would have even gone for this, but this is a thought exercise, so I'll I'll propose it. Mm -hmm. What if they had done... Two, night two games? games at night. What, like Play them both at the same time. Say, pick your favorite. NFL Red Zone would go nuts for it. I'm sure NBC would have a fit. That's why, right? It's the rights holders.
0: They yeah. paid for a night game to be the game.
1: Yes. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the only way to do it, I think, would be if you had them both and, and you figured, well, we could double down on this or you know, have a simulcast. You'd have to plan all that way ahead. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think the reason we are in this boat is yeah. because – These things, I mean, we know this, we say this sometimes, but just to reiterate, TV has a lot to do with how these things all go, which I think is relevant to where we're going to see this thing go for the Vikings. And again, by the time you're listening to this, unless you're listening to it right after we post it, you'll know when the matchup is. But even looking at it right now, if it is the Packers and 49ers, I would bet very strongly that gets a a primetime slot or a a very – choice time slot with all of the storylines with Rogers history against the 49ers in the playoffs the other one you've got Brady against the Cowboys that's going to get a high slot as well so my guess is you're looking at a noon game for the Vikings or an early afternoon game for them in the first round which I'm sure Vikings fans won't mind yeah given uh the noon nightmares numbers Early in the day. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. I can't imagine Vikings Giants
0: gets too much shine put nope. on it. No matter, even. No don't matter, give us a Monday night.
1: Just don't give us that one.
0: Even if it is Lions Niners and not Packers Niners, I can't imagine the NFL is going to think Giants Niners is that much of a bigger one. Yeah, Seahawks Niners divisional matchup, that'd be a yeah. big one for yeah. sure. So, um, yeah, I, I think no matter what, I'd be shocked to see the Vikings get any kind of a premier primetime slot for this first game. So I'm sure people are uh, okay with. Yeah, yeah.
1: And really, Kirk won't mind the question, not getting the questions about primetime. <laughs> yeah. If, in fact, that's how it goes, watch. We'll probably have just jinxed it, and everybody yeah. can get mad at us for uh, <laughs> doing that as if we had any say in the matter at all. But um,
0: we would be remiss if we didn't mention before we left uh, Duke Shelley's moment.
1: Yeah, the Duke, the Duke <laughs> channeling Terrell Owens.
0: <laughs> channeling Terrell Owens, going on to the logo, uh, the C in the middle of Soldier Field here. And would he slam the ball down and kind of put his arms out? Um, And this is obviously a guy who was cut by the Bears in August by this GM, uh, Ryan Poles.
1: Who could have been the Vikings GM.
0: Who could have been the Vikings GM. So many subplots. Duke Shelley has taken the starting job from Cameron Dansler. Dansler came back for one game from a high ankle sprain um, in that starting job but played so poorly in Detroit we haven't seen him again. And he's re-aggravated that ankle uh, here and there as well but duke shelley's played decently in spots it's i mean he's 58 which is probably why he gets cut and lands with the vikings pretty quickly um but he's a guy who's given them at least some solid coverage some smart play and as teammates talk about a guy who's not you know blowing assignments
1: yeah. like they'd seen in the past yeah and he's he's been feisty he's been not he's not been afraid to be physical with yeah. receivers even ones that are 5 or 6 inches taller than he is in some cases i mean Kendrick Bourne, he had a big play against him in the in the Patriots game. He, kind of his coming out moment was against Dawson Knox in Buffalo. That's has a breakup right, that break up right yep. before Patrick Peterson's interception yeah. and the game. Yeah. So he's he's been willing to get in there and fight, and that's made up for the the height difference that he gives up. But you know we'll see throughout the playoffs. But yeah, there's no doubt at this point that that's his job. I mean, he's going to be the guy for as long as they go. I think if he stays yeah. healthy.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. When they, well, they just don't have many other options no, right now. Don't. Um Cameron. they Dan- get
1: a Caleb Evans back, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Um, O'Connell didn't sound like they were going to rush him back, though. He yeah, was that's asked, true. I think it was Friday. I yep. can't remember. Yep,
1: Um But a Caleb said, according to O'Connell, three concussions, uh, two in this regular season. Which must have meant the first one was in the preseason or training camp that we probably didn't have official documentation of that.
0: Yeah, so uh, either way, it doesn't sound like Caleb Evans is going to be an option. So it's Cameron Dansler and Chris Boyd behind him. Um, and then some guys they've signed in the middle of this year for depth. Uh, we, we see them reaching to that depth already. Greg Mance was the center they signed after Brian O'Neill went down and Austin Schlopman went down. And he was already active for this game like a week after he signed with the Vikings and will be the backup center probably for a playoff game if Garrett Bradbury is not back uh, to face the Giants. I guess the only other storyline off of knowing the Vikings-Giants playoff matchup is whether or not they can get this ground game going at all. Um, It continued to just do nothing. Even with Dalvin Cook in there, he had 11 carries for 37 yards. This offensive line is obviously a patchwork, but the Bears are horrific. Uh, they gave up 260 yards to the Lions on the ground the week before. They gave up a lot of yardage to a lot of people, and the Vikings still couldn't get it done. I looked this up. Six of Cook's eleven runs went for two yards or fewer. That's been a theme. Only two the year. of them were within the red zone or you know really gold right spots. Right. So. Like holy cow, yeah, it, they just can't, they can't get anything going. And the point with the Giants is, is that he did look good against yes. the Giants. That was the last game. This run game looked serviceable, and O'Connell left that game saying, "I probably should have run it more."
1: Yeah, and and you wonder, I mean, you just wonder how much of the the first matchup between these teams is transferable, given the fact that there will be no Brian O'Neill. There, it's very possible there'll be no Garrett Bradbury. But yes, they did run the ball well against the Giants, and and maybe it's some of those things that you can get if the Giants are over-pursuing things and you can cut things back. and I think there were a few of those in that game, from what I recall, uh, the first time on Christmas Eve. But, yeah, I mean, it is something they need to get figured out. I don't know that they will at this point, but uh, the questions about what that means going forward are for another day. But there are certainly some big questions regarding that running back group because Dalvin Cook – It has a $14.1 million cap hit next year. Alexander Madison's a free agent. And you're going to have to figure out if Garrett Bradbury's back. There's there's a lot in the middle of that offense that has to get determined in the next several months here, and and those things will come in time. But, yeah, there's a lot riding on the futures for a lot of those people involved in the run game few more loose
0: ends to to note. Irv Smith made his return for the first time, played with T.J. Hawkinson. We saw them start in a two-tight end set, although Irv played very much a complementary role and continued to play into the second half uh, with Johnny Munt as the backups there. I don't expect him to have too big of a role in this offense with T.J. Hawkinson here, but whenever they do go too wide uh, with that tight end group, you'll, you'll probably see him in there. And then otherwise, they didn't seem to come out with any major injuries. Dalvin Cook got looked at for a while, and we were wondering why is he back in the game after being evaluated for a leg injury. But Cook Cook pointed to his leg in the locker room, and there was just like five gashes. You could see the cleat almost (laughs) imprint. Was it a seven-stud cleat? Uh, No, I think it was a five. Okay, it might have been seven 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 studs or longer. It might have been might have hurt more. (laughs) Um, But he said the the reason why he was in the medical tent so long is just they just couldn't stop the bleeding. Yeah. So they just kept putting pressure on it, and so that in turn made it look like it was a bad injury. But he said it's not. He'll be fine. And then Chandon Sullivan uh, injured his knee in this game, and Kevin O'Connell said he could have come back in if it wasn't a week eighteen. Yeah, call it a contusion, so just a bruise. So that's good news for them for playing starters as much as they played them in a meaningless game, which ended up being a meaningless game, and not having any new injuries that we know about so far, uh, was good for the Vikings. And they get the 13th win, as I'm sure you've noted, was just the third time
1: yes. in franchise history. 1998, 2017, and this year. Now, an extra game for this team, but yeah. you know, also a team that, as many have pointed out, was outscored for the season. So getting 13 <laughs> wins out of that is uh, – is no small thing.
0: It's pretty impressive, and uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about the off season and playoffs here moving forward. So we will catch you guys next time from TCO Performance Center in Egan to preview the Vikings' first home playoff game since 2017.
1: Correct? Yes, and their attempt to score against the Giants in the playoffs for the first time in this century. <laughs> oh man, <It's> cheap <laughs> shot. I'm sorry for that. You had to invoke 41
0: donuts. I did.